When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good afternoon from New Hampshire. Got a great crowd on hand. Have a good day here, fellas. Execute all afternoon. Try to keep this thing up front. Go get them at the end. Go kick their ass here. Yes, sir. Another great opportunity for us. Have some damn fun today, man. Yeah, those. Crowd is on its feet. We're getting ready for the green flag. Get ready and green. Martin Truex Jr. on big jump. He'll lead to turn number one. Trouble on the back straightaway. Gosh, gosh, gosh. Got him wrecking on two. Well, that to me is driving to our door. 31 chop across our right front. It broke all the dash. Loose inside. Go home. I love life. Gets fired looking for a ride. He's driving like an idiot. He drove right into the 31's door. Remember, starts on you again here. Sure. On the outside, it's Martin Truex Jr. Flank to his inside, Bubba Wallace. I'm really bad here. Sideways when it snaps the bump. Every little bump I hit feels like I'm correct. So this needs the rear grip corner exit. Three's holding everybody up on the top in the middle. On. All right, coming to the green checker here. P1, nice work. Martin Truex Jr. is going to win stage number one. Uh, just wore my regular tire out slightly, but pretty happy overall. I wouldn't do much. Green flag racing here. It'll be lap 77. Still hanging fairly at your bumper. Clear. Got a wreck at two. Two cars slamming to the outside wall. The seven got loose over corrected. Dynamited to 21. Uh, backed it in really dark. Right on the edge of a fuel window to make it. Pit road is now open. Three, two, one. You only hit. Go, 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 go. You're good. Chase Elliott had to come back and make a second stop. We're going to get that right rear. Hi. Elliott is going to have to navigate from the back, back to the front. So Joey Logano stays out. He'll lead the field down to one. You're already clear. You're clear. Watching the charge of Chase Elliott. He started 22nd, and this lap he will be scored 13th. Quarter. Good. Take it, take it, take it. That's how it's going to be, a setup and then a fight. And he's making it look quite easy. Battle for the lead, shaping up here between Logano and Truex. Still after quarter, bumper, clear. Nice work, man. All good. Booster still behind you by 25. Bubble the turn number four. Ryan Blady smokes the tires. Lock it down, lock it down. Got the spin. We spun. So I just left her pretty good. Green flag is back out, and again, Truex will lead the charge. Harvick is about two tenths better than anyone on track right now. The best that I've been so far, I think. Spin behind you, stay green. Hold the brake, hold the brake, hold the brake, hold the brake. Sorry about that. Kyle Busch spins for the second time this race. Oh my gosh. Good time to rake the six. 
you're gonna do it, do it. What's your deal? The guy tried to wreck me down the back stretch. Little tay to tay between Brad Keslowski and Austin Dillon. Keep on rolling here. We'll get him later. He knocks his toes. He lives loose. We're gonna need to get tires now, Matt. Three car self-destructing. All right, coming to the green checker here. P1. Nice work. Second stage win today. His seventh in 2022. Kevin Harvick came in two right side tires that also ended up spinning Austin Dillon around. Sorry, man. That was my fault. I, I did not see him coming. Yeah, I just kind of went down the middle of the road and he just turned over the front of it. Kurt Busch trying to be one of the few leaders here today as he comes back to the start finish line. Nice and smooth. No need to press too hard. Make it last for the long run here. Now Christopher Bell is going to work under Legato for that fourth position. We'll be better on the long run, man, if they keep taking care of it. 9 and 45, locking horns, and Christopher Bell pulls right up to the rear. Chase Elliott, what lane is he going to choose? Nice and smooth. Don't burn yourself up. Here comes Christopher Bell. He'll bypass Kurt Busch and now go for the race lead. No pressure. He keeps slipping his right rear. He'll be fine. Inch by inch, he's not going anywhere. His exits are giving up. Adam, I got it. Bell there. Clear. Christopher Bell takes the lead with 41 laps to go here in New Hampshire and begins to creep away. Hell yeah, see Bell. Welcome to the playoffs. Good job, guys. It's checkered flag for Christopher Bell as he collects career win number two and takes a victory here at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. You're the loud master. Great job, man. Really proud of the effort this year. Thanks, gentlemen. Christopher Bell is now in the 2022 NASCAR Cup Series playoff. Welcome to TrackSmack here on TrackSmackRadio.com. Don Hall back with you for another week after an exciting race from New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Of course, with me here, as always, is Mike Haig. Mike, of course, is from RacedaySA.com. Mike, that was radioactive courtesy of NASCAR. Pretty exciting. Oh, yeah, that was very exciting, Don. New Hampshire racing up in the Northeast and a little bit cooler up there and Man, um, what what another great weekend of racing, and we have a 14th different winner now. Two spots are left to, to lock in, and Don, I tell you what, you know, the the number uh, 12, Blaney, mm-hmm. the number four, Harvick, and the other one is um, Truex. Uh, Truex, those guys are not in right now. They haven't won this year, and it's hard to believe we've gone this long now before those guys have got a victory so i tell you um it's just going to get more intense now going into the uh, playoffs here these last few races yeah it's definitely i mean remember uh say about eight or nine races back we were like no sorry or we weren't there was a lot of people that no there's no way that we'll get to 16 winners 16 different winners and sure enough we're right there we're getting close yeah. And I think, you know, when you look at the 12, the four and the, uh, in the 19, I think one of those guys, I think is going to get in. I think when if, if you're going to put a win, you know, a bet on anybody, any of those three winning, I think it's going to be one of those three guys that are going to at least 
get a victory, hopefully before, you know, the playoffs uh, start and get locked in. But um, it's just hard to believe that, uh, you know, like I said, that those guys are not in. But, I mean, Christopher Bell, what a what a great race he had, Don, led the last 42 laps of the race. And he cruised to get this. It was a 5.7 second margin of victory over Chase Elliott, who, had, who won the previous week. So um, just a great weekend of racing. Well, we've got some – some tracks coming up, and in fact, this coming weekend, we'll have Pocono, and that's another one of those tracks that can go, you know, any it could be anybody's deal. It usually ends up being a fuel mileage kind of deal. Mm-hmm. It's a strategy race, but Pocono has been so extremely fast. Pocono and Michigan and those tracks like that have been really, really fast tracks. I'm interested to see how this car is going to do. And then, Mike, just keep in mind uh, that final race of, uh, of the regular season before we go into the playoffs is Daytona. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's always a, a kind of a crapshoot race, you might say, because, you know, anything can happen and anything probably will happen. It's going to be interesting too, because you're going to have a lot of these guys like the Justin Haley's and guys like that, that are, that have been good. The Michael McDowell's and, and people like that, that have been really good on these super speedways. Uh, super speedway tracks those guys will be you know in it to win it of course but then if if it comes down to say those three guys again that you just mentioned then you're gonna have you know team Penske and stuff trying their hardest to get Blaney in and then you're gonna have Gibbs trying their hardest to get Truex in and the same thing with Stuart Haas although Stuart Haas you still got Eric Amarola as well that you know needs to get in they've got a couple you know so it's like how are the team orders gonna shake out and that kind of thing it's going to make Daytona even a bigger crapshoot. You, you got that right. And one of the things I was impressed about this race, Don, when you look at the top 10, and we're going to hear from Truex and from Bell here in a few minutes, but uh, we had both the 2311 cars um, in in the race uh, or in the top 10. Bubba finished third. I already mentioned that Chase Elliott finished second. And then we had going, going down in 10th spot was Kurt Busch. He finished so, both of the 2311 cars make the top 10. And then the, the uh, track house racing cars, um, Ross Chastain was eighth and Daniel Suarez was ninth. And, you know, that's a, another great finish for these guys. They continue to prove themselves uh, very consistent this year. But um, I mentioned Truex. Uh, he's kind of like snake bit at this track. And we're going to hear from him. He's going to talk about that. He finishes fourth. Harvick finishes fifth. Uh, you know, he's there. He's He's been getting close. He just not can't put it together um, to get the victory. Denny Hamlin was six. Brad Kes- Keselowski, we're going to hear from him in a little bit. He kind of had a little dust up with Austin uh, Dillon. He finishes seventh. So very impressive um, top 10 finish with those guys. And um, I, um, I just think, again, I've been saying every week, this car, it's just proven itself to be a uh, Good little hot rod, you know, for these guys. You mentioned uh, 2311. uh, Both cars up there battling for the lead at times. uh, But we definitely need to emphasize the fact that, I mean, Bubba Wallace all race long was up there in the top, you know, five top, well, definitely in the top 10, but for most of the race, he was in, you know, within the top five or six. Uh, and then, you know, there was times when he, like I said, he was racing there for the lead there a couple of times too, but a great run at, at a track that he's not known to run very well at, but a very, very good run for Bubba Wallace and for Kurt Busch. Exactly. And, and I want to mention something about Martin real quick. He led three times for 172 laps. You know, he appeared to be a 
Dominic Carr, and he was very disappointed at the end. Like I said, we'll hear from him in a minute. But um, just some of these guys, um, seven, um, seven drivers, there were eight lead changes among seven drivers. So we didn't have as many guys take the lead, but some of these guys who did lead led quite a few laps. And uh, overall, another great race. All right. Well, uh, let's jump right into our audio because I know we've got a we've got a lot of it. So um, I, Christopher Bell, our winner. And, and remember, Mike, last week, if you remember uh, during the show, I told you that one of my favorite parts about New Hampshire, of course, is the trophy presentation because you get that big ass lobster and. Uh, and that lobster was half the size of Christopher Bell. Uh, and it was just great because Christopher Bell becomes another one of the guys that was scared to hold the lobster. He didn't even, and he didn't do the kiss on the lobster or nothing. His wife was all about the lobster. Uh, but that, that daggum thing was almost the same size as Christopher Bell. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we have the audio we have today is courtesy of NASCAR and, and NBC on NASCAR. And um, this is the, um, the burnout. Dale Jr. talking and uh, the burnout, and then we go to Marty Snyder, who interviews Chris on the front straightaway. So here's what happened. Here we go. Figure out how to do some donuts with the next car. This is your checkered flag moment brought to you by Advanced Auto Parts. As Christopher burns down a used set of Goodyear Eagles. All those wins in Xfinity are showing off because he knows how to do donuts. Impressive. Fourth win this season for Joe Gibbs Racing. They're 12th at New Hampshire. So through many years, through 20 races, 14 different winners in 2022. There's years that this has happened before. As Christopher climbs out and celebrates the fans, they celebrate him. Takes his longtime partner's green to victory lane. Marty. What an impressive day for Christopher Bell, Joe Gibbs Racing. He came in saying, yeah, no doubt, one of my better racetracks. And he puts himself into the 2022 playoffs in front of these New Hampshire fans. How about that? Welcome to the playoffs, Christopher. Man, that one was much needed right there. So... I'll tell you what, that was a hell of a race from my view, my, my viewpoint. That was so much fun. Racing with the 45, the 22, and the 9. You know, we we're all running different lines. That was a blast, man. Uh, just so happy. So happy to be here at Joe Gibbs Racing. All partners on this number 20 car. It's good to get Reem back in victory lane. So let's talk about coming into this race. You knew you were really good at this racetrack. You said one of my best racetracks. But when you were coming to celebrate, you said, I can't believe it. Why? Just looking at all this... Looking at all the crowd and and winning cup races is hard. And you guys are awesome. Thank you for coming out. But uh, it just seems like we've been so close. And then we've fallen off a little bit last week. And, you know, I was talking to my best friend. And I told him, I said, earlier in the year, I felt like we were right on the verge of winning. And then the last couple of weeks, I felt like we were pretty far away. But here we are today. There you go. Hey, I know you said in the past you're not super stoked about the lobster situation. You're going to be okay with it when it means you're in the playoffs? I guess I'm going to have to be. There you go. All right. We'll see if uh, Christopher can enjoy the lobster in victory lane because they're in the playoffs. Joe Gibbs racing Christopher Bell.
Yes, they are, Don. They're definitely in the playoffs, and uh, what a great finish for him and it's him celebrating and, and impressive burnout and, you know, can't say enough. And, um, and he's from Oklahoma, right above up there where, where you live. So mm-hmm. he's uh, kind of almost a native Texan. <laughs> almost. He's close. He's very close. So. Um, Mike, you know, you had Dell Jr. there with the call. Uh, one of the things that was interesting this weekend, of course, was, uh, and I think this happened last year too, but um, the way that the schedule worked out is Lee Diffie over um, covering IndyCar had to go and cover like some uh, track world cha- track championships for NBC. So Rick Allen went and, and, covered Lee Diffie over on the IndyCar side. So it was the driver kind of, they call it the driver's deal, but I mean, Steve Letarte's not a driver, but so it was Dale Jr., Jeff Burton, and Steve Letarte holding down um, the booth. And again, I, I mean, I like it, but there's something missing. I mean, and, and, you know, and you'll hear the people, of course, there's the haters or whatever, but again, it just goes to show you what Rick does bring. First of all, Rick brings bass to his voice <laughs> um that that i mean it's like three schoolgirls and they're yeah you know, who's gonna get higher pitch than the other one but um junior does a good job i mean he he has gotten so much better but there's just something he's just too monotone to to come in and out of the breaks and those kind of things i mean it people think it's easy you know and it's not yeah, and i think what's helped him don is the podcast that he does the Dell junior download you know yeah. i think Help them transition in and out, inter- interviewing and and you know in there with Mike Davis and and um, but those but Junior did, did a pretty good job Sunday I thought. Yeah, I, I thought so too. But again, I think you know it's it's they're very underrated the the guys you know the main booth guys. I mean you know the those are Dale and them they're color commentary. You know they're they're not your main broadcast guy and and it, there's a lot of things that go on and Junior's talked about it before. You know there's a lot of things that go on that that Rick goes on in Rick's head and is in his ear. The other guys can hear it too, but it's Rick yeah. who's in charge of getting things going in here and there and stuff and um I I just think that he you could tell. I mean, you could definitely tell in my opinion and not for the best that he was not in the booth. I I just I you know. Now it was great over on the IndyCar side. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, well, I had to laugh about the schoolgirls sound because the, when, when they get excited, they they uh, they uh, their voice gets very high pitched. <laughs> oh, those three, I swear. They they and they all sound the same. So it's it's funny. The funny thing is though too is that, you know, Rick is a was a all like national track runner himself in college and everything. And so everybody's always talking about how funny it is that Lee Diffie goes, because Lee does, of course, for the Olympics and stuff, he does the coverage. But it's weird that Lee goes and covers, and you would think that it would be Rick Allen that would go cover track and field. That's his specialty. But uh, anyway, so I just wanted to point that out about because when you were playing junior there with the call. So. Yeah, and we'll talk about any car a little bit in a little bit, but um, you know, they were racing in Toronto, Canada for the first time in several years. So that's another reason why, you know, there was a lot of interest at that race. So that's probably why NBC decided to send Rick up there. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So I know next you've got, we, you were mentioning it earlier about true X, of course, you know, the guy that everyone mm-hmm. thought was going to run away with the win there. He dominated the race pretty much. Uh, and then just couldn't get it done. Now, this is one of like 
eight tracks that Martin considers his home track. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's so many of them up there on the East Coast area where he's, oh, this is his home track. Um, but I guess this one might be the one that's closest to New Jersey. Yeah, because that, isn't that where he's originally from? I think yeah, it's I New Jersey. So. Mm-hmm. Well, he seems like he's got a curse. This track has a curse on him. But anyway, here's what Truex had to say Sunday. It's the loud and curse for me, I guess. I, just, I don't know how many times this is going to happen. You know, we, we lead all day and then we, we get beat on strategy or tires or whatever it is. So I don't know. Just, um, it's just loud. It's the way it's been, you know, my whole career. It doesn't matter how good we are, we can't win it. What happened on the on the pit stop? Obviously, what, what led to the two tire call? You know, obviously, it still got you out first, although others have come out and stayed out. Um, yeah, we you know we restarted third, and the 22 got a bad jump in front of us. I tried to push him to get him going, and the four made us three wide, and I got put in a bad spot and uh, lost a few spots. But you know, overall, we recovered from that and just didn't have anything to go forward on two tires. I mean, I just the car absolutely hated it, so it was. Um, it was nothing like it had been all day long and, um, you know, couldn't go anywhere. Just had to ride it out and get what we could out of it. And the, the decision to, to, to do two tires? Well, I was wrong, obviously. I mean, in hindsight, but, you know, what are you going to do? You make those calls. And, uh, like I said, it's just loud for us. Uh, I've gotten beat here on two tires before, you know, got four and come out third and couldn't get, get beat, you know, get beat by two. I've been beat by four now. It's just whatever it is. It's just, uh, it's frustrating. How much? But, Happy for the 20 and Christopher, you know, obviously a uh, great driver, great teammate, you know, super kid, and uh, I'm really happy for him. It's just disappointing for us to give it away like that. How much of a concern is it that you're on the playoff cut line now with, uh, you know, a play for uh, a super speedway and some road courses? I mean, it is what it is, you know, like, you know, if we've got another guy wins, then we're out. <laughs> if another, you know, that's just the way it is. We race every week, do the best we can. We try to win races, and obviously lately we've been capable. Um, had cars capable of winning this year it's just i think we have the most stage wins of anybody we haven't won a race yet you know it's just whatever for whatever reason that third stage we just uh we muck it up as james would say so we'll just keep digging uh we've got a great team the guys at jgr are working really hard our cars are fast obviously we're getting better to run like this here today after our short track season it says a lot about all of our people and um you know for christopher to win you know it's a jgr dominated day so that's that says a lot, and uh, we can we can use that going forward. We just do all we can do. That's all we can do. Based on what's happened in the past, were you in agreement with the two tire call? I don't know. I I didn't have a feeling at the time. It just was like, okay, whatever. You know, you never know how these things are gonna play out. So it all started with us getting messed up on a restart, and um, you know, then not having enough car to go forward from there because of the two tires. And just getting through the line, there, you were in the middle, and it just. Yeah. yeah, just and my car was terrible on too. Like I just couldn't go nowhere. I couldn't roll any speed. They just blew blew my doors off. So the first four or five laps of that restart, it was just on ice. Wouldn't go anywhere. Couldn't do anything. And you know, how, how you gonna stay up front when that happens? You're not. I mean, so it is what it is. Once again, Don, that audio was courtesy of NASCAR and NBC. That was a bullpen interview on the front straightaway there after the race. A lot of noise in the background there because you know how it gets <laughs> after the race. Everybody comes down to the front straightaway, and uh, but uh, yeah, Truex, you know he had a great car and just couldn't get it done. And he just seems like this track is just like he snake bit here. Yeah, yeah, it's 
you could hear the disappointment definitely in his voice there. Uh, probably more frustration than anything, like you said. I mean, you know, to have mm-hmm. it and then just all of a sudden the car doesn't stay with you there in that final stage. Yeah, and, you know, led, leading three times, 172 laps, and, and um, man, you know, uh, you would have thought he could have got it done, but um, I just uh, feel bad for him. But, uh, hey, you know, he still has a few races left to get in, and Martin's the kind of guy that uh, when we look at the three, when we look at the way he's running versus Harvick and um, who's the other one? Um, uh, Blaney. Blaney. I would say Truex is probably the stands a chance to get the victory over those three first. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's yeah. it's hard to say because you know Blaney's Blaney's been up there and and you know he's in a Penske car, which I mean they they bring great cars to the track every week, but it just you know it's it's really hard to say. And the one race, the one race that Blaney wins this year is All Star race, which doesn't count. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so poor poor Ryan, but. uh Maybe he'll get it together too. So, well, we had some other drama go on um, on the track that we weren't expecting. Um, it was it just kind of came out of nowhere, and no one seemed to know what the hell was going on. But uh, definitely was interesting. Yeah, it was between Brad uh, Keselowski and Austin Dillon. So let me go ahead and play it, and here's here's what happened. Here's Dale Jr. kind of on the call here. Here we go. So the three goes up here. Swerves at the six, and then Brad just loses it. Wow. Let's listen to the six audio. Get away from him. A guy tried to wreck me down the back stretch. Four, come on. Come around him. Welcome back to New Hampshire. Still trying to figure out what is going on between Brad Kozlowski and Austin Dillon. Two guys going at it on the racetrack under caution, Marty. You learned anything down there? Well, and look at this. After the pit stops, they're still front to back here. And I asked the team a moment ago, I asked Justin Alexander, Austin Dillon's crew chief, I said, what led to that? He said, I have no clue what happened on the racetrack. I think you can file another one away, Parker, for how frustrating it is here at New Hampshire to race as the contact happened right there on the backstretch. Definitely, and I asked Matt McCall the exact same question. I said, what precipitated that? He goes, no idea. We think maybe the three thinks we hit him, but we didn't hit him. So I think a lot of people scratched their head here. We know it can be frustrating back in the pack just trying to get those cars to work, and tempers will flare, but these two teams are questioning why they were even angry at each other. That reminds me of... Robbie Gordon and Michael Waltrip. Oh, good helmet throw. Great reference. Same thing happened almost on the back straightaway. So I know we don't understand why the three was mad, but Brad, like, super retaliated after a little swerve. We're going to have to figure it out. And did more damage to his car in doing it. And an interesting day for Austin Dillon, who shared jabs with Brad Keselowski in the car. Your team couldn't tell us what the story was. What happened? Um, uh, You guys saw it, right? I mean, we it's just hard racing, I guess. I'm. Uh, we've uh, gone at it a couple times last two years. Uh, one time I hit really hard, so um, just don't like the way certain people race me, and uh, probably not the right way to do it under a caution. Um, but thanks uh, for giving us an interview for the Bass Pro Shop Chevy. We weren't very good today, and uh, you know we'll uh, go to fight on uh, the next race, and we got to get this three car in uh, the playoffs. Does this warrant a conversation with Brad? No, nah, I don't talk to him. Hmm, there you go. That's and a story the story from Austin Dillon. And a great finish for Brad Keselowski, seventh, but that wasn't the big story of the day. The story was the exchange between you and Austin Dillon out on the racetrack. What was that? Uh, hot in the cars and uh, 
probably all our tempers get the best of us. But uh, now we had uh, a decent day here, Kim. Uh, number core, number six core generators, RFK Ford Mustang. Uh, climbed really far at last run. Uh, I think we went from somewhere around the late twenties, uh, or late teens and twenties, and drove up to seven there on the last run. So. Proud of our team for the effort today. Uh, certainly an up and down day and good to finish on a uh, uh, up mark. Austin told me he does not like the way that you race him. Is the feeling mutual? Yeah, I'll talk to him privately. I don't need to be a jerk over the media. Best finish this season for Brad Keselowski and this number six team. Don, that was Kim Kuhn there interviewing the two guys there. And um, that was also audio was courtesy of NASCAR and NBC and uh yeah, so they had a little dust up there. You know, these guys are they're frustrated because they're trying to get in the playoffs and they're trying to, you know, get to the front and do well. And uh they've been struggling this year a little bit at times. Kim, Kim should have given him the rest of the quote that Austin didn't feel like he needs to talk to him because he doesn't ever talk to him or he doesn't want to talk to him or whatever. So so then he <laughs> wouldn't have had to say, Oh, well, I'm not gonna be a jerk through the media. Uh yeah. no, Austin's a little Whatever. First of all, I thought it was funny because he's like, well, you guys saw it. And we're all, I wanted to, I wish somebody would have been like, no, honestly, none of us saw anything. That's why we're asking, because no, nobody can figure out even your own damn crew chiefs can't figure out why the hell y'all started hitting each other out of nowhere. So um, but <laughs> I just liked it. I, I, I thought it was great. Again, Brad was like, screw this and went and ran him down at, into the into the infield and then still comes away with a top 10. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so, so I have a little something. I'm going to play it right here, Mike. Okay. And because it kind of ties in. <laughs> okay. Um, this audio is courtesy of Elijah Burke on Twitter. He's known as at Elijah uh, Whosoever is is what okay. it is at Elijah. Yeah, Whosoever, and it's freaking great and i wish this should become a segment every week and what's even better about it is he posted this audio and then dale jr went and retweeted it and all he said is i'm crying with little emojis everywhere (laughs) what this is and apparently it's been done before okay so what this is is this is a replay of (laughs) some incidents or an incident on during this race at half speed so there's the video of it too. It's on you. Uh, you know, he posts the video, but it's the freaking audio call. So we're going to call this drunk NASCAR commentating. All right. Okay. All right. Here we go. Welcome back to the Embedder 301. We got some close calls here for you guys to take a look at. I want to know if these are close calls or frustration, right? These two raced for a bunch of laps. They're back there outside the top 20. Now they're way down on the straightaway, and they kind of bang doors. Close call for the 41. He looked like he's about to turn it back into the fence. Yeah. Well, they're both. They're both need to go right here because the leader is not that far behind him but then this also (laughs) oh yeah this is frustration yep there's a little something intentional looking oh yeah 
Because Denny's like, what are you doing? And Brad's like, I've been waiting all year to be racing up here, and I'm going to get every inch I can. And it looks good. Good for Brad. Good for Brad. (laughs) Oh, man, that's hilarious. I swear, I've listened to it like four or five times. I went into my mom's room last night at like 1230 at night. <laughs> my mom's not a NASCAR fan. I went in there and played that, and she was dying. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> hilarious. You know, Dawn, um, yeah, there ought to be a segment like that uh, every week. And uh, I tell you, it's like a couple fans in Talladega, you might say <laughs> – you know, in the, in the infield, you know, after they've had too many beers trying to call the race. <laughs> Actually, those guys like TJ Bell and some others that were, uh, that were on, uh, started commenting. They're like, wait a minute. I've heard that I've heard Latart and Junior sound like that after some races anyway. So, uh, but like I said, Junior went back and he is just like, I'm crying listening to Steve Latart there at the end is the best though. He's like, wait, because <laughs> that voice goes up a little bit. He's just, the guy that put that together deserves some credit on that one. Like I, I said, and there's been some other people that have said that they have accidentally done that when they're um, watching on YouTube. And like they've listened listened to Door Bumper Clear or listened to other things on half speed. And they're like, it's it's hilarious. So um, I'm going to have a little nugget okay. <laughs> at the end of the show uh, for for you that's kind of along the same lines. But uh, again, I just wasn't sure if, if everyone had heard it. Um, I retweeted no, and I, reposted. I have not seen that. Oh, my God. So go watch the video, too, because it's <laughs> like the video slows down, too. But the more you listen to it, the funnier it gets because you pick up on these little things. Like Jeff Burton just sounds sloshed. Oh. Yeah, and Junior trying to say frustration. <laughs> <laughs> it's just great. It's so great. But anyway, I just thought that that would be fun. So there we go. That's our New Hampshire wrap up, both sober and drunk. Um, we'll move on now to uh, well, really quick. I'm sorry, I don't want to move on too quickly because there was big news today in NASCAR. Um, so Mike, um, I know that we have up a smack cast with today's news and press conference, but the mm-hmm. big news is what we had been kind of anticipating, but that next year, 2023 NASCAR returns to Chicago, but they're not returning to Chicago land. They're returning to, or they're not, re- they're not returning to Chicago land. They're going to the streets of Chicago, of downtown Chicago, for the first time in NASCAR. They will have a street course race through Chicago. Yeah, they had a big announcement today and everything, and uh, they had uh, a bunch of dignitaries there. Ben Kennedy was there from NASCAR, and also Bubba Wallace, and um, they had the uh, the mayor of Chicago was there and some other people, and they uh, had a really nice event and everything. But, Don, this race course is going to be used – Parts of Lakeshore Drive, Michigan Avenue, and Columbus Drive. It's a 12-turn, 2.2-mile layout that's going to feature a start-finish along the South Columbus Drive against the backdrop of the famed Buckingham Fountain that, that's known uh, there in Chicago. And the course will include parts uh, of Grand Park, and, then, and it's going to go by Soldier Field, who uh, we had uh, at that facility back in 1956. They had a NASCAR race. Inside Soldier Field, none of us were around to remember that, but they they did. 
and it's going to navigate along this um, the, the the lake shore as well part of the course now on my website racedaysa.com i have a story and i have the map of the um proposed layout it's going to the race is going to be july 1st and 2nd in 2023 um the second is on a sunday the first is on a saturday and the imsa cars are going to run that saturday as a as a like a preview uh, preview race you might say or whatever to the cup series on on the on the race card there but it's going to be called the chicago street race weekend and uh, they already have sponsors lined up and everything and it's um it's going to be a pretty pretty good event uh, i'm i'm looking forward to it uh, i have the audio on my website too but go to tracksmack.com or yeah tracksmackradio.com and check out the uh we have the the entire uh announcement and ceremony and everything that they had and then they also had the um the press conference as well so we've got it all there to listen to okay and um and you know keep in mind too that's fourth of july weekend so uh, i'm sure chicago normally has all kinds of fireworks and stuff there Mm -hmm. over the water uh you can see the water there from from the course uh i wanted to also tell you to go to uh especially on twitter bob pockris bob pockris Mm -hmm. walked the streets today um they're in Chicago, walk the route and uh, on camera to show folks, you know, how the turns were going to be. And Mike, I went ahead, I'm throwing a, throwing a uh, monkey wrench in here, but um, I have, um, I know I had sent you some audio. So I have audio really quick of Bubba Wallace from Bob Pockris, just talking really fast about uh, racing on the streets of uh, Chicago. If you want to hear it real quick. Yeah, let's, let's hear it. All right, here we go. Here's Bubba Wallace. On every day. And so you guys get to experience that. We'll just be uh, unrestricted on the uh, speed limit. Get to go as fast as we can, right? And so uh, just taking all that in, seeing how the car is going to react. And these cars are, are way different, but I feel like they're more suitable for road course racing. Uh, street course racing is totally different from road course racing, though, so we'll, we'll figure it all out together. So there we go. He says, you know, um, basically everybody's going to be kind of figuring it out together. But, you know, Mike, I saw a lot of comments from people on NASCAR media or NASCAR.com and others, um, negative comments a lot. But some people, you know, I wonder what the drivers think. And um, I hardly ever go on there and respond, but I went in there and responded because I always laugh at these people who call themselves fans. And when so somebody says that and I'm thinking, well, where have you been for the last like two or three years? Because the drivers have all been talking about how they would love to have a street course. Mm-hmm. You and I have talked, obviously they haven't been listening to our show, but you and I have talked about that. I mean, Vegas has been one of the, the places that has been talked about the, the most in Chicago. I mean, it was no secret really that they were going to be going to Chicago. That's been talked about for a while. Um, well, it's I, a big, big TV market up there as well. Right. So, but I mean, drivers, they've, they've talked about this with, I mean, this was in fact, the, a lot of this stuff was idea or ideas that drivers have thrown out. You and I, I want to say, if it wasn't last year, it was the year before. We have audio of Joey Logano talking about how he would love that would be like his a dream race would be a street course race through Vegas. Um, Brad Keselowski has talked about it for years, wanting to do it. So there's been lots of talk about it. So these people yeah. sometimes I'm like, and you call yourselves fans. Where have you been? Just complaining, I guess. But well, na- next year NASCAR is going to be celebrating its 75th anniversary. I remember a few years ago when they were celebrating their 50th anniversary. As a matter of fact, I have a, a beer stein that has the 50th NASCAR. Uh, it's a really cool beer stein that someone gave me. But um, Don, you know the track at Joliet 
Chicagoland, you know, the, the, the race was taken away from there. A lot of it had to do with sagging attendance and everything. I'm not sure the street course, I don't mean to throw water on this or whatever, but, or, but I'm not sure a street course race is the answer to get the fans back, but at least they're trying something different. You know, I say try it and see what happens. If it doesn't work, move the race somewhere else, do something else. You know, maybe give it a couple of years and see if it, if it draws in people. The nice thing, we talked about this off the air, but um, it is downtown. It's easier to get to. The other track was out out, out of Chicago. Uh, you had, it was quite a ways, actually, to drive there. And so this gives people a chance to take a bus or walk or Uber, you know, downtown and and to check it out. So maybe it's going to draw some different fans. And, and um, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, it's going to be successful. I'm not sure it's going to be. I mean, um, but but at least NASCAR is trying to do something different, and uh, I give them credit on that. So it's, it's, I think for me, it's just personally, it's a wait and see thing. But um, I hate to see Road America be taken away because they took the Road America race away. I know. Um, and again, you know, but they took it away from the Cup, and the Cup has only ran there yet yeah. the year before. So I mean. Um, uh, the Xfinity series will still be going back there. And it's not to say that they won't go back. Here's what I have to say, Mike, and, and I hate being this person to say this, but is it going to be any worse than the Texas race? <laughs> I mean, or, or another track out there that has two races that has been snoozer races. I don't know. Um, so, you know, I'd like to see it. And you know what? I just look at things this way. We all thought, well, actually we didn't, you did. I'm going to, I'm going to call you out on this. Okay. It's probably going to be a fantastic race because you were all poo-pooed on the damn Coliseum race, which ended up being one of the best races. I, I, I missed the mark on that. I also poo-pooed the Coda race. I didn't think the Coda race would be worth the damn. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so NASCAR, you've got Mike saying that he doesn't think it's going to be a great race, so it ought to be a a, a, a tremendous race. So. Yes, probably thousands of people. <laughs> no, I I think the interest will be there. I um, yeah. I know a lot of people were you know well, why do they send Bubba you know and stuff which was stupid. Again, you know if you if you're a sports fan, you understand the biggest Michael. name in Chicago is Michael Jordan, and that's his team. Um, and, and he's going to draw a lot of people, uh, Jordan, and you know uh, especially if he shows up at the race, which I think he probably will. It'll be good for him, good for the NASCAR, and um, good for the city. They have a lot of they had a lot of business people there at this uh, announcement today. They got a lot of business companies, you know, different businesses and companies on board on this with sponsorships, and so um, and that's what drives NASCAR, you know, and 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 so it's like kind of a new market, you might say, a new 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 deal. And um, if it brings in new sponsors and and gives people a chance that they have an affordable ticket price, and people can get there and it's safe and everything, it it may, it may be a big hit. You never know. Yeah, I mean, look, look at Gateway. Look at the, the fans that were at Gateway. So, I mean, this is the Midwest. Midwest. This is where a lot of the drivers are coming from. Is the Midwest nowadays? And so, you know, racing. There's a lot of racing in the Midwest, and um, I, you know, I, I'm up for it. I'm up for different things. Let's try it. Let's see. I mean, it, here's the thing, Mike, to think about. It may not work in Chicago. It may not take off in Chicago. But this may lay the groundwork for street course races in other cities. Can you imagine a street course race in New York City? Oh, see, Ooh. New York would be awesome. Times Square, something down there, It'd be awesome. And you never know. I mean, NASCAR used to have the banquet there. 
you know, there's there's a lot of a lot of people. You know, NASCAR had a had some of their uh, corporate headquarters there. They ran the the business side of the of NASCAR, the the business folks. Uh, remember our friend Andrew Giangola used to work there in New York and stuff. So, I say if it works in Chicago, maybe they need to look at doing it there, and you know, maybe some other cities. Dallas, maybe Dallas downtown Dallas. Okay, I was just gonna say that, but it would have to be a night race. In Dallas, yeah. because the right. skyline of, of Dallas is amazing at night. Yeah. So going across that, uh, what is it, the Freedom Bridge or Friendship Bridge or whatever it is that they have, uh, that would be awesome. But no, I still like, I, I'm still right there with Joey Logano. I think that if they do another one, it's got to be Vegas. It's got to be a night race and they've got to do the glow under the cars and stuff. Yeah. It would be amazing. Would be so amazing. So, all right, Mike, um, IndyCar. Uh, yeah. We had some big, big news out of IndyCar this weekend with uh, Scott Dixon coming away with the win. And, Mike, it was even news that took you by surprise. Yeah, it was, Don. You know, um, they were in uh, Toronto, and we haven't been there for a while. And um, what took me by surprise was Scott Dixon getting the win. <laughs> His 52nd career win, and he, he's tied now with Mario Andretti. Uh, for number two on the all-time IndyCar series list, AJ Foyt is the leader with 67 wins. But I tell you what, out of nowhere, I'm like, where the hell did uh, Dixon come get all this many wins? I remember when he was, you know, in in the 30s here a few years ago. I didn't realize that he's been racing for 20 seasons now. Yeah, and I don't see him stopping anytime soon. No, I don't. I, I really don't. And he's he's. Uh, Extended his, he's had a record 18 consecutive seasons with a win, at least one win. And, you know, he just uh, looked good. So um, we have some audio. You want to hear what he had to say? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Here's Scott Dixon. Yeah, very special day in, in so many ways. Obviously, the, 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 some of those numbers, it took a little while to, to get to. So, you know, it's definitely been a bit of a dry uh, spell for us. And, you know, sometimes that puts on a lot of pressure, not just me, but, you know, everybody on the team. And, um, you know, today was just one of those days where, where you know, I think the, the car was super fast all weekend. I think all the cars were uh, across our group. And you could see with, uh, you know, um, the 8 and the the eight and the eight 10 had great recoveries, even though they had some, some issues in qualifying. Uh, and that's, you know, that's real teamwork. So, you know, uh, for me to be a part of this team is, you know, what it's all about. I've been here, I think it was my 21st season with Chip. And uh, all but uh, one of those wins has been with him. So, you know, very thankful for, for what he's done, what his team has done and what everybody, uh, you know, puts into to this team. Um, yeah, the race itself was uh, was fairly straightforward, you know, with how the cautions fell for us. Um, my car was quite tricky to drive. We had some, you know, previous races like Detroit where we had a lot of understeer once we'd kind of tested, you know, did the warm up in the morning to get to the race and it was a lot of understeer. I think we overcorrected for that and uh, the car was super loose. So uh, really tricky race for myself uh, to, to look after the rear tires and, and especially on restarts too, to try and, uh, you know, get going, especially in, in traffic behind VK there for a little bit. Uh, but all in all, we came away with the win. We had a you know good pass, good clean pass and to, to one on, on Herder. Um, and that was it. So, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun for me. Yes, it was, Don, and he uh, looked good and, He's also going to uh, split $10,000 with his team and a charity of choice, it says here, for the victory as part of a, the People Ready Force for a Good Challenge. So um, that's a good cause there, and uh, it's great that he gets to do that. And, you know, um, he uh, – well, I was going to say that this this track, getting back to Toronto, I think is great that the IndyCar Series is back in Canada. 
you know, drawing fans some from up there. And um, now the border's open and COVID is, well, I say COVID is better. It's making a comeback, but, yeah. <laughs> but, but at least they're able to, you know, to travel out of the country and um, go up to that track. That's, that's always been a good track. And uh, the, the fans always uh, come out and really support that. So good for the IndyCar series there. And now they're going to go to Iowa. All right. So uh, going to Iowa, there is uh, IndyCar and, uh, Mike, we also had NHRA racing. I know some uh, big stuff happening over in the NHRA, and I know you got lots of audio for that as well. Yes, I do. And uh, we uh, started the what's called the Western Swing, Don. It's a three-race series or a sweep of uh, the western part of the country. They started in uh, Denver, Colorado at the Mile High Nationals at Bandemir. That was this last weekend, and next weekend they're going to be in Sonoma, mm-hmm. where we have the the road course. There's a drag strip there, and then we uh, finish up uh, the weekend after that up in uh, Pacific Raceways in Seattle. So, uh, but a uh, big big uh, win for Leah Pruitt. She's the um, wife of Tony Stewart, and so uh, we can go ahead and play this audio, Don. This is the uh, the winning run in the call from um, Brian Loans from from Fox Sports, and uh, then we're going to hear from Tony Stewart, and we're going to hear from Leah as well. So here we go. She has been driving with a fluidity, with a smoothness on the starting line, and seemingly with a calmness in the pits that we've not seen so far this year. And Sean Langdon is a tactician of drag racing. He is a pinnacle race driver in this sport. No moment too big, no race unwinnable. And now we talk to Bruno Massel in the starting line. Bruno, we normally run top fuel to finish an event. Why are they running ahead of the funny cars? Well, you know, we had a quick turnaround today between the rounds, especially with the uh, broadcast we've got here on Fox. Thankfully, what they did was that uh, Bob Task and his team blew up a fourth motor here today. So they had to swap again. And with its quick, quick turnaround time, it took them in a few extra minutes. So they put top fuel in front of them and allowed Bob to finish up and getting that motor installed so he'd be ready for the final to take on Robert Height. Little shucking and jiving, Tony. That's the name of the business here in the sport of drag racing. Tony Stewart last night won on dirt in his SRX series. As we are, we are being told that Sean Langdon's car. Read the body English. It does, it's is not being yet. shut off. You have an official looking under the car. There appears to be a leak. Leah Pruitt has won the Mile High Nationals for the second time in her career. The second. The front wheels of that car enter the fully staged position. That team is going to go berserk. They had teething problems to start with. The team has molded themselves. They have worked together. They have formed chemistry. And now they're winners. With authority in the final round of 388-4 at 316, is it a smile of relief or satisfaction for Tony Stewart? It's big hugs all around for a big weekend for team owner Tony Stewart. He got another victory last night. Tony, if I can grab you for one big second here, I know you've been waiting for this to happen for a while. I know you said you were going to be patient. They got it done here today. How has this build been for you in terms of getting to this point? Uh, it's been at times an emotional roller coaster, but uh, cannot thank Dodge Power Brokers. Uh, this Dodge SRT top fuel draster has been fast all weekend, and um, Neil Straussbaugh, Mike Damagala, Ryan McGilvery, uh, this whole team has been so patient. These guys, every one of these guys in this team have absolutely known that. We had potential. We just had to put a whole weekend together, and 
the one I'm so excited for is the girl that's on that screen down there. That uh, I'm so proud of her. She's she's been the best cheerleader you could ask for because she's she's been waiting for a day like today and and for everything to fall in place. So I'm just really proud of these this whole team. I mean, Dickie and and Stretch and Alex and and uh, Matt Hagen, all these guys. I mean, we all we're one team, all team. We all we all win together. We lose together, but. To get both of these teams uh, a win this year is pretty awesome so far. And as Tony Stewart expresses his pride at the starting line, it's the emotion down here at the top end, Leah. 3.8 seconds you went down the racetrack knowing that you had already won the Dodge Mile High Nationals. How do you process that? This is absolutely everything. First of all, all the glory goes to God right there. I know we're closer to him right now uh, than we race all year. But for Mark Whitney, for everybody at Dodge, just being the Dodge Power Broker Nationals, we brokered that power all weekend long. We have the best fans in the entire nation. This is my favorite track. been trying to be emotionless all day just to do my job. But this is for Neil Strassbaugh, Mike Damagala, Ryan McGilvery, my entire crew that has been flawless all weekend. I told you guys a long time ago it was coming, and I couldn't have been more proud to do it at a place like this. Thank you, Bandemir. Congratulations. <laughs> wow. That was pretty emotional for Tony Stewart and Leah. I mean, Don, this has been a long time coming. I know he, this is the first year of him owning a, you know, NHRA a top fuel and funny car team. Matt Hagen's the other, other driver. He's already got a vic victory this year, several actually, actually, but Leah has been snake bit for several years now, even going back to her days last few um, years at, Tony Schumacher racing and uh but they have been close they've had you know some bad luck and everything but man she gets a win and Sean Langdon I don't know if you caught that he the car broke on the starting line he had to shut it off so he couldn't even make the run so she, all she had to do is go down the track and, and make make the pass and get the victory and she did it in 300 and what 16 miles an hour and just incredible run there and awesome 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 yeah that's so cool so cool to you I mean to hear uh, t Tony, it, it's just a different vibe from Tony. You know, he just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy for him. He just seems very, very happy and at peace and, uh, he deserves this. And, uh, so does Leah for sure. So awesome stuff, Mike. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. And then, and, uh, the other winners this, this weekend at the, uh, track was Robert Hyde got the victory and, uh, and funny car and uh, Matt uh, Hartford uh, he, first time he's picked up a, a win in, in several years uh, he won pro stock and Matt Smith won on pro stock motorcycles so they had a uh, some good racing there and uh, it was very very hot they it was in the high 90s so they the cars really struggled to go down the track in different classes and you know the, the elevation is at over 5,000 feet there in Denver so there's the air is thin the cars always have a lot of trouble there. They don't run as fast, but uh, as they do at some of the other tracks, because it, it, it affects the, not only the elapsed time but the, the with the speed as well. And uh, but overall, it was a good event. They had a good crowd, and uh, now we go to Sonoma, and then like, like I said a while ago, we finish up the week after in um, Seattle. So the Western Swing is what they call it. Swing is in full effect. So awesome. Good stuff. Well, Mike, before we head out, we got to do our picks for Pocono. Uh, so who you got, what you looking at as far as your, uh, Pocono picks for NASCAR. Okay. Well, I, you know, pick certain drivers and then I'd set my fantasy lineup for one thing, but I did score some points on fantasy racing this last weekend with, with Christopher Bell. I had him starting. So good deal. all right. So looking at the, um, 
Oh man, we're at Pocono. It's it's a fast track. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go Joey Logano for the win. My long shot driver is going to be Martin Truex, and my really, really, really long shot. I'm going to go. Um, I'm going to go Blaney because these guys want to get in. <laughs> well, damn it! So, uh, were you cheating? Did you look at my paper, Mike? Because I had Joey Logano uh, and Martin uh, Truex Jr. I can see it there. <laughs> Uh, if I look forward, I can see it. <laughs> so I had the two of them as well, and then I had Bubba. So let me change then. So um, so you're going to go Joey. Then I am going to go – you know what? I'm going to go very different. I'm going to say Kyle Larson. There you go. I don't know. I don't know. And then uh, my second pick, I'll go Harvick. How, how about that? Ooh. I'll well – you know, uh, so we've got all the guys in there that need a win. Uh, yeah. So I'll say Kevin Harvick as, and then Bubba Wallace. I'm I'm doing the Bubba thing now that I did with Daniel in hopes that it, it gets Bubba a win and gets him in as well. Well, so. he finished third this last weekend, so he's getting closer. Mm-hmm. He could do it. You know, he runs fast on these big tracks. Yeah, it would Look be at nice. Him at Talladega and Daytona, how well he runs and. Pocono's a fast track. It's not a super speedway, so to speak, but it is a fast track. And, uh, and you know, he might do it. One of my favorite things to watch at Pocono is the fan out there on the front stretch. I just, every year, it just gives me goosebumps. I mean, that track in Phoenix. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's what, six, seven wide. Sometimes it, it gets big there at Pocono. <laughs> so, all right. Well, it funnels down and you. Hold on for dear life. Yeah, going into turn one, you're like, oh. So, um, well, Mike, again, I invite folks to make sure that they go and listen to the press conference and the interviews that we have up on the SmackCast. Uh, We'll be back next week. Hopefully, um, I'll have everything up and running in the new house. I moved this weekend, so that's why we're recording a little earlier this week. But uh, I appreciate you kind of holding things down for us and, and getting us through this so I can get back to packing. Ugh. I know you got a lot of containers behind you and it's, it's never fun doing a move, but once you get settled, it's a great feeling. Yeah. Ex- except you know. I just don't know if we'll be in this place, uh, you know, longer than a year or if we'll do a year. We just, we don't know yet. So, I mean, we'll do a year, but we just don't know if yeah. we're going to go longer. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe I just leave stuff in containers and not unpack it. That's right. Good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Unpack the only way you're going to absolutely need. Right. Yeah, for sure. Everything else packed up. (laughs) Not putting up pictures. Not putting. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) All right, Mike. Well, you got any big plans this weekend? No. uh, No, I'm going to Austin Saturday for a little bit and going up to Marvel Falls. A friend of ours has a house on the lake up there and we're going to go spend the day up there uh, for part of Saturday and um, Sunday I'm going to you know, watch racing again and I don't know what I'm doing Friday so just kind of a laid back weekend with a little bit of fun sprinkled in so that's how you do it I do <laughs> living <laughs> good life good these days being re- retired I tell you I love it must be nice <laughs> <laughs> hopefully one of these days maybe by the time I'm 90 i'll be able to retire so we'll see although that's why i married a younger guy so that i could retire and he work absolutely (laughs) keep him working craig ain't gonna be happy hearing that so (laughs) (laughs) all right mike well have yourself a great weekend thanks so much guys for listening to us enjoy pocono and 
We'll catch you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.